I just take, I just want to look at this morning. I was asked to do a devotional and this is going to center mainly on prayer, which I think is probably the most neglected, um, the most neglected area in the Christian's life uh, from pastor on down. And uh, just, um, I think it is, it is probably something that we definitely need to incorporate into, into the camp here and be participating, practicing this much, much more than we are. And so just a challenge from that. I'm in Psalm 70. If you want to open your Bibles and look there, Psalm 70. And uh, we're going to look at, we're going to read all five verses, but mainly concentrate on the last verse and just try to pull some things out of here to be a blessing and a challenge to us. Um, and God has, God has more for us than we realize. And really it's just there for the asking. And that's what it boils down to. He He's willing to give it to us if we will come to him and ask him for it and, and plead our cause before him. So David's writing this, um, Psalm 70. He says, make haste, O Lord, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. And then he says in verse 2, he says, let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. Let them be turned backward and put to confusion that desire my hurt. Let them be turned back for a reward of their shame that say, aha, aha. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. And let such as love thy salvation say continually, let God be magnified. And then in verse five, he says, but I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer, O Lord. Make no tearing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Ask that you would bless as we open this up and just try and uh, pull a few things out of here that make application to our lives today, not just as personal in our lives, but also in the camp here and the ministry and the progress and the and the moving forward of it, that you might be glorified, as David said here, that you may be magnified in everything that we do. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. So just a few things here as he opens up. Um, there are times when when when. You read after David in his Psalms, and he says to wait on the Lord and to wait patiently. But we find here he says, make haste. And there are times in our life where it's not like we can say, Lord, we've got, you know, a week or two or a month or something like that. There are some things in our life that we have to just cry out to God. And what David's doing here is he's doing that. He's saying, Lord, I am, I am in a situation that I need some help. I need it now. Um, and he asked to be delivered. Uh, and then he says again there, make haste to help, O Lord, to help me. And so we uh, we cry out here, and what this does is it puts us in a position of dependence. And that's where God wants us. We are, um, we are because of our human nature, because of our man, uh, because of the way we're designed uh, in our in our flesh. You know, we're we're going to exhaust everything we have when we're out of resources. We'll say, okay, God, I've done everything that I can. Now I need your help. And God says, that's not the way I designed it. That's that's the human side of it. He says, if you want to exhaust all your resources, go ahead. But if you just ask me, you don't have to. You don't have to walk around poor and 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 without anything. But there are times he allows us to get that way, sometimes on our own accord, sometimes on his accord. Uh, but he wants us dependent upon him. And so David is doing this. And he's he's up against some some difficulties, some people that are are against him uh, in this situation, and this can be applicable to uh, the 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 world that we're up against. It can be applicable to our flesh when we're fighting against our flesh, um, and it can be applicable to Satan when we're fighting against him, which 
we're in this battle all the time, the spiritual battle. He says, let them be ashamed, confounded that seek after my soul. Let them be turned backward and put to confusion that desire my hurt. Those who are looking to set me back. And David's crying out for this. And then he says here in verse three, let them be turned back for a reward of their shame. They say, aha, aha. And then in verse four, it goes down and it says, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee and let such as love thy salvation say continually lord god be magnified and that needs to be a, a key focus in our in our life even in this camp i was thinking about this as i was going over this again um there are times it's good just to pull back and look at our lives and be and and focus back in and say and what i is if, if what i'm doing where i'm pursuing what i'm looking to do doesn't magnify god because if we're not careful in our ministries and our personal lives we've got this goal we've got this idea and we're we're heading for it and sometimes we get off track and we just need to come back and when you say am i what i'm doing is it magnifying the lord or have i gotten some type of personal goal or agenda in this and so and there's nothing wrong with that we all need to be reminded uh, on a regular basis uh, that we need to look back ourselves and make sure we're heading in the right direction. And then he says here in verse five is where I want to concentrate the time. Uh, he says, but I am poor and needy. And this is a, a place of confession. It's, it's acknowledgement, realizing who he is in this poor and needy. Um, when we come before the Lord, when we come before the Lord, one of the first things we need to do when we come into his presence is acknowledge the fact that, that there might be something between us. And, and we need to get that taken care of before we go any further. I mean, because if, if not, the Lord's not going to listen to us. He's not, he's not going to give us audience to come into his presence. He is a righteous and a holy God, and he is not going to allow us that there is sin in our lives, whether it's open sin or something that we've hit around the corner in some of the back. Uh, recesses of our heart if it's there he is not going to listen to us and acknowledge our requests and our prayers and so we need to make sure that this confessing takes place so that we can come in with confidence with hope and uh and be able to uh to expect answers from him there's no peace of heart can be expected until this sin is acknowledged and confessed there's no petition that's going to be considered uh by our own righteousness by a holy god um, and so we need to make sure that we do this and provision isn't given to those. He says here, I'm poor and needy. And, you know, um, when we think about that, who are those, who are those that get help that, that need help? You don't see anybody, uh, the doctor doesn't come out to your house and knock on your door and say, Hey, I just want to stop by and see if he's okay. You know, he don't call you up. You don't, he, there's nobody on the, and the doctor's uh, staff that calls people up on a random basis is just, yeah, you were here about a year, year and a half ago. I just want to check and see how you're doing. No, who were the ones that, that were helped that when Christ walked upon the earth, who are the ones that were helped? Those who came to him, those who came to him and they would cry out. Remember the blind man sat there and he said, uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And that's, that's where we're at folks. We need to acknowledge that we are, we are in need of help. And that we are that we are a needy person, and that goes against our our flesh. Also, there's a prideful part of us that says, "No, I can accomplish this. I don't I don't need God's help in this." And is there anything we don't need God's help in? 
I mean, when we stop and think about it, there's nothing from the time we roll out of bed. In fact, sometimes can't make it through the night with God's help, can we? As we get older, we're crying out to the Lord. Lord, if you just let me get some rest from the pain and be able to sleep and get some rest for the night so I can have a clear mind in the morning and through the day and what's taking place. And so just to call upon him, acknowledging our need and uh, and his help. Those, uh, those who are weak, they're going to cry out for a doctor. Those who are poor are the ones who are going to cry out for financial help. Those who are hungry are the ones who are going to call out for food. But as long as you have food in the pantry and uh, and ain't some way to take care of yourself, we don't we don't usually call out to God and ask Him to help us. But we need we need to do that on a regular basis. And if we're going to receive from the Lord, we have to acknowledge and express our need before Him. And He asks those that come, uh, what 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 do you want? What is it that you want? And, and what is it you desire? We find here, too, this soul pleading. Uh, he says here, for I am, I am poor and needy. And, and in this, it is, it is a soul that is pleading. There are times, there are times that we can argue with God. There are times that we can bring our cause before him. And, and folks, understand this. God has given us, from what I, I haven't researched, it, but I have heard there are over 6,000 promises in the Bible. 6,000 promises. Now, I, and I tell people on a regular basis since I heard this, we're going to be able to find one of them that that, that appeals to the need that we have at the time. We're going to be able to come to God and say, God, you said this. Now, we're not, we're not twisting his arm. Understand this. But we are coming with the confidence. There are times we might come to the Lord and we, we say, I don't know for sure what your will is on this, if it would please you. But there are times that we can come with the confidence and say, you said this here, and I'm asking you to do this. You helped these people here in this situation, and I'm asking you to help me now in the situation that I'm in. And we can argue with God. And I, and I back that up. You say, can we argue with God? I'll back this up, okay? Genesis, we won't turn there, but Genesis chapter 20 or 32 uh, in verse 24, God told Jacob when he was over with uh, with uh, his father-in-law, he'd married and he had his flocks and stuff, and God came back to him and he said, I want you to go back to Bethel. He said, Jacob, I want you to go back to Bethel. And, and and Jacob's like, in his mind, he's thinking, and I left Bethel for a reason. There was a man, my brother over there, and the last I knew, he wanted to kill me. But God says, I want you to go back. And so Jacob packs up his trash and uh, and his children and all his flocks and the back of the head. They get there to the river at one place, and he knows that Esau is coming, and he sends his wives and uh, his children and his flock to the other side of the river. And Jacob stays there on the other side by himself, alone with God, alone with God. And, uh, and, and he's praying and asking God. And along comes the angel of God. And Jacob begins to wrestle with him. He's wrestling with him. And, uh, and it's interesting. If you look at that, we don't have the time to go into it. But uh, as we consider that, he, he, gets a hold of, he gets a hold of the angel. And the angel, what is the angel saying? He says, he says, no, first of all, he says, yeah, he says, what's your name? He says, my name is, my name is, is Jacob. He said, I am the deceiver. And so there's an acknowledgement of who he is. And then he says, I'm going to change your name. But then later on, what's the angel saying? He says, let me go. Now, is there a, is there a man that's able to, to, uh, with, with refrain an angel? You think? I mean, I read about these angels that kill a hundred thousand people in one night. You think one man, Jacob, going to hang on to an angel? He says, what's your name? He said, he said, you know my name. He said, you know who I am. 
But he hung on to him. He said, I'm not going to let you go until you do what? Until you bless me. Until you bless me. You've made me acknowledge who I am. And I did that. I know who you are. And now he said, bless me. Bless me. And there are times, folks, that we give up too early in prayer. We stop way before we get the blessing that God desires for us. And um, and I don't know what the reasons are. I know in my life what they are. I don't know what they are in your life. But I want to encourage us that there are times that, that it takes longer than five minutes in the morning in prayer to get the blessing from God that he wants to give to us. But he also wants to know if we're serious about this. He wants to know if we're really in this for the for the end or if it's just something we're looking for on an easy out. And there are times when it's going to require us to argue with God and say, God, I am where I'm at. And I hope that's where you're at. I hope you're where you're at today, whatever you're doing, whether you're in the ministry or working in, in a job or whatever it is. I hope you can say where I am is where God wants me. And I am here to serve him and to do his His cause. And that's what this camp needs to be. I'm, I'm convinced. I mean, I'm still here uh, in this because I believe this. I believe God's in it. All right. And we need to we need to hang on to God and say we want a blessing. We want your hand upon this and everything that we do and to glorify you. And we need your help in this. We need you to direct us. Folks, you know, we're we're trying to raise finances for this camp. And you look at it and it's like, man, this is going to be a difficult thing. But, you know, if God is in it, if God is in it, the money is not is not a problem. There is nowhere that God has ever fallen short in, when it comes to finances. And, and he can do it however he wants to. But if you want a if you want a blessing on how God works and provides for people, get not the don't get the the 197 page book on George Mueller. Get the one that's about six or seven hundred pages long, and read the, the read the details on how he prayed his finances in, and how it came from around the world from people he never met, never knew, and God. Now there were times that God gave him abundantly, and there are times when he lived in the lean. And he would pray daily and sometimes hourly for the needs and God always. And this is his response to it. He didn't say, oh, how come God's not meeting my needs in these lean times? He would say, it pleased God to test my faith. It pleased God to test my faith. And there are times that we can need to do that. We need to understand that God is, is testing our faith. Are we in it for the long haul? Or are we just looking for a quickie to get things over the edge right now and then keep on going? And so there needs to be this pleading and this prevailing with God and um, and asking him to, to meet these needs. And so, um, and, then, and then the second thing, uh, these promises that he claims here that, that Jacob uh, claimed he said god you told me to do it i'm asking you to accomplish that and then he comes in uh david writes and he says he says um he says uh, make haste unto me oh god and so it becomes personal this is this is something i'm asking you to do asking you to accomplish for me but then he says here for thou art my help and my deliverer and that point right there is that he is he is giving the credit back to god he said, when it's all said and done, he said, you're the one that's going to get the glory and the honor for it. And that's what we need to be when it's all said and done. Look, if God pulled the plug on this camp, let it burn to the ground, would you walk away saying, man, we wasted our time and effort and money into it? Because if you do, if you do, then we're on the wrong track. All right? If our confidence isn't in so much to say that God was in it when we were doing it and he took it away and it pleased him, 
Because what are we in this for? We're not in it for ourselves because we are, we're gonna we're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it. But if we're in it for God, then whatever whatever the outcome is, whenever it's all said and done, we can say, To God be the glory. To God be the glory. And uh just like one of the kings, I can't remember his name, uh, he had he had sent some money over to uh, some of the neighboring country and said, Hey, I want you to come and help me. And, uh, and then the prophet of God came to that King and said, uh, he said, you know, you're trusting in the arm of the flesh really instead of God. And he said, what about this money I already gave to them to have their armies come over? And he said, God can replace it. God can replace it. And he can, and he can, he already has, we've already seen him do great things up to this point. And, uh, we're going to be looking at, will we be able to have camp this summer and some different things taking place and folks, we just need to remember that, that that we're in this for the Lord, right? I mean, this is we're not doing this for the churches that they're represented, for individuals. We're doing this for the glory of God. And if we're not doing it for him, then we're doing it for the wrong reason. And we have no expectation, should have no expectation that God's going to hear and answer our prayers if we're not, if our hearts aren't set for the right reason. And so as we look into this today, especially trying to uh get some of this stuff kind of hammered down and 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 worked out. And then trying to decide how how camp's going to look like this summer, um, we need to be de- be depending upon God. But it needs to be in a time of prayer. This pleading before God, and you say, does God want us to plead before Him? Yes, He does. He wants us to plead. He wants us to be on our faces before Him, in a sense, begging. Why does God do that? Why does God want us in a place like that? Because He wants us to realize. He wants us, you and I, to realize that everything depends upon Him. And it all it, it it all depends upon him, and uh, and when that happens, that brings him the glory. Because when it's all said and done, we can say this: we can say it didn't look like it was going to happen, and God stepped in and took care of it. And so we praise the Lord for that. All right, I'm going to close with this, and um, we're gonna I'm going to pray, and I think we're going to move right into the meeting. And so we'll uh, we'll pray. And then uh, we'll begin our meeting. Father, we want to, again, bow before you. As we looked here in this Psalm 70, just a a small thing to see how your hand works, how David pleaded and and called out to you, acknowledged his need uh, uh, for help. Father, we're in a situation here where we need your help, Uh, not just in today's meeting, but in the in the progress of the camp here of getting these uh, these buildings up to shape and, and in order and in running condition that we might be able to have some type of camp here this summer. And we'd ask that you would do that. Father, if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. We're not looking to step into uh, trying to make up plans and ideas to generate income or money uh, to do this outside of your will. But we're asking that you would intercede here and that you would show your hand great and mighty uh, as as only you can do, so that when it's all said and done, when the camp is running and everything is in order, that we can say this camp is here, not just to glorify God, but because God put his hand upon it and provided for it in ways that it can only be explained by your mighty power and your strength, and we'll thank you for it. We pray for the meeting here. Everything done be, de- be done decently and in order. We might be able to honor and glorify you and all that's said. And, the, and we might be able to come to good a good closing at the end of this time. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.